All right. We're back with another week of Mind Over Money. My name is Van Pappas, private CFO and certified financial planner with Oxygen Financial. Coming to you every week on Thursday at noon with uh, just general financial information. And as a reminder of what Mind Over Money is, um, it's the idea that our mindset and our attitudes towards money can have a significant impact on our financial well-being. So in other words, our thoughts, our beliefs, our behaviors uh, regarding money can either help or hinder our ability to achieve financial success. So each week we'll explore new life hacks um, on our way to learning how to make more knowledgeable financial decisions. And so this week I brought on very special guest, Allison Baines, a fellow colleague at Oxygen Financial, fellow CFP, um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about various types of liability insurance. Everyone, mm -hmm. you know, you know, when we wake up in the morning, I've said this before, when we wake up in the morning, we spend money as soon as we get out of bed. How do we do that? We turn on the shower and take a shower. That water costs money. Well, guess what? When we leave the house, we get in our car and we better have some auto insurance. We sleep in a house. We better have some homeowners insurance. So uh, I think today's topic is very prevalent because we have to look at this. Um, I, Allison, I tell my clients, you know, really you should shop, you know, at least every other year, if not every year, and make sure that you're getting the best price. You're, you're, you see a lot of these policies, a lot of these clients. What's your suggestion on, you know, how often and what people should be looking at when regards to their homeowners, their auto or any other type of liability insurance? Yes. Great question. Um, so thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to be on your show. Um, I would recommend people look at shopping their insurance policies at least once a year, um, right before their renewals. So what we'll see happen a lot of times is they don't call it an introductory rate. I think it's more of an introductory rate where that first year they'll try to get you in with giving you some cheaper um, policy coverages. I definitely think you should shop at least once a year. A lot of people recently have been like, hey, my auto insurance has increased significantly over the past year. My homeowner's insurance has increased significantly over the past year. And what I tell people is you can compare this almost like health insurance, right? So you are as a consumer and as a purchaser of the insurance policy, you are helping to insure other people that A, don't have insurance, or you're covering the cost of people having a larger number of auto accidents. I know we've seen more accidents due to texting and driving. There's been the rates have increased. So therefore, everyone is having to share in the price of people being not as safe of drivers. And that's a lot of times why you will see policy increases happening. Um, and I mean, different insurance carriers offer different things and they become more competitive. So maybe one year, one insurance company might have been the best solution for you based on your situation. But maybe the next year, a different insurance company would be best for you based on your situation. So definitely shop annually. So is there any problem, though, with jumping from one carrier to another? I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, opening a credit card, is it where I get dinged because I'm constantly changing? Do, do these insurance companies talk to each other and say, hey, don't insure Van, you know, he, he was with us for only a year? Or is that really not an issue? 
No, that is not an issue. That's a great question, though. Your bigger problem is going to come from the amount of claims that you have. So if you are able to pay out of pocket for a claim without having to go to your insurance company, if it's something on the smaller side, I would recommend doing that because the amount of claim you don't want to have your insurance increase by $1,000 a year because you had a $1,000 claim. So that's something to consider when looking at making claims. But no, outside of that, switching insurance companies is not a big deal. Now, I, I got a 16-year-old boy and he just went on my auto insurance. And oh, my goodness, what a jacked up price I got. Oh, yes. Um, what, what, what is your, is there anything, you know, that p, uh, parents with teenage kids going on their insurance for the first time, is there anything that, you can suggest they do to help or is it just mm -hmm. hey bite the bullet and pay the higher premium yeah so this is a two-fold solution to having a teenage driver so there are some insurance companies like i'm sure you've heard of um, the progressive snapshot right there are companies like travelers does this where there are apps that you can download on your phone where they will score your driving for 90 days. So you very first sign up for these policies, you download this app on your phone, the app is going to keep track of how often you drive. Do, are you braking hard? Are you going over the speed limit? Are you being aggressive? Once you hit that 90 days, if your score comes back good, you can qualify for say a 20% annual policy discount for the lifetime of your policy, right? Then you can delete the app and you don't have to worry about it ever again. So if you have a teenage driver, they don't necessarily need to know that they have a 90 day time limit. So you can be- Keep them on forever. You can be tracking so you can tell them like, hey, especially if they're helping you pay for some of their own auto premiums, be like, hey, you have this app. This app is going to score your driving. It's going to allow us to save money on your insurance, but it's also going to tell me how you're driving. Now, if you're I, being I a terrible used, driver. <laughs> for, for our son, I use the Live 360 app because I, mm -hmm. I want to track him. And, you know, is it similar? Is the insurance company's app similar to that where I can actually pull up and see where he's at or it's not I be that. I believe that chain that's different depending on the insurance company. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, because I love that live 360 app and he hates it, right? <laughs> well of course you know, he does. He's like, Stop tracking me. And I'm like, there he is. I see him on that road. Yeah. Wow, he's doing 40 miles an hour in a 35, you know? <laughs> yep, of course. Yeah. So uh, besides those apps, I know like my son went up to road Atlanta and took like a defensive driving thing where they put mm -hmm. him in scenarios and had him do that. Um, does that help reduce? Like if yes. you do that, can you give that to the insurance company? Yes, absolutely. Especially for teenage drivers. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would definitely recommend that. Okay. Um, for sure. Switching gears, you know, you and I have talked offline about cyber security and, you know, I didn't even realize at one point there was insurance for cybersecurity. Can you explain a little bit about what cybersecurity insurance is? And Yes, absolutely. So cyber has come on the map um, pretty significantly in the past few years. I think we all know the risks that there are now. Um, out in the world when you're talking about being hacked or, you know, people 
calling you and acting like they're a company and it's really not. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot that goes into it, but for businesses in particular, this is a really, really big deal. Um, I know the pipeline, this happened to the pipeline a couple of years ago where their systems got hacked and they went completely offline and they were held ransom. Like this has been happening to a lot of companies where their interfaces have been shut down and the employees can't get to their systems. No business is getting done. All of their information is getting stolen and they're being held hostage. And they're saying, okay, you have to pay us millions of dollars or you can't get your systems back. And it's been a disaster. So insurance companies are now offering what's called cyber liability insurance coverage. So there's two different types of information that cyber hackers can target. So they can target personally identifiable information, which is going to be like your social security number, date of birth, address, and things like that or personal health insurance information, which would affect like the larger healthcare companies. So if you are a business, you can purchase cyber liability insurance, which can help you respond very quickly after a data breach or a cyber attack. So if your business computers get a virus that exposes private or sensitive information, the insurance can help with that. If you have customers or patients that's like if you're a healthcare company and if it's a patient or like for us, a financial company, if you have customers, if we have hackers that access our systems and steal our personally identifiable information or health information, they can sue us, right? So this is going to be coverage that helps you in the event of that. And then if you also have high public relations costs because of any fallout that you have from your business getting hacked this coverage can also help you with that. So it's going to help you mostly with recourse from having these bigger cyber issues that affect your business. Okay. So any of the business owners that are listening to us, they should reach out and, and have a further discussion about that. Um, Absolutely. Especially if you're a company, like I said, like us that has a lot of personal financial information that we're dealing with every day, or if you're a company that for any reason is storing socials or dates of birth or addresses or credit card numbers or anything like that, this is a very, very important coverage to have. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, switching to, to homeowners insurance. Now I, I have rental properties and, mm -hmm. um, and I think I actually have some of my rental properties covered by you. Um, but tell our viewers who might say, hey, you know, I've got a rental property or a couple of rental properties. Um, you know, I've actually come across people who have rental properties and totally forget to get insurance on their rental properties. You know, what's um, anything that we need to know that's different or are the policies pretty much the same as just your regular homeowner's policy? So your biggest thing when it comes to renter's insurance, so if you are a renter, and I'm sure anyone who's ever had an apartment before knows this, if you're a renter, you can get renter's insurance coverage, which covers your personal belongings. Um, if you are an owner of a rental property, you're going to want to have the same coverage that you would have on your normal home. So you're going to be covering the structure. You're going to be covering, that's, that's what you're going to cover. The important thing here, especially since we're talking about liability insurance, which this is not just related to your personal um, to a rental property, but I am always a huge, huge fan of umbrella insurance. Even before I ever got into this side of the business with insurance coverage, I have always been a fan of over-insuring versus under-insuring. So I want to make sure if something happens, I am covered if for whatever, for whatever reason. Umbrella insurance is going to cover you if you have an event 
that you can be held personally liable for. So let's say you have Give a an tenant. example. So let's say you have a tenant van and your tenant has a dog and the dog, you know that your tenant has a dog, they've signed a contract, they've said they're responsible for the dog, whatever. You have a, they have a neighbor that comes over or they have a friend that comes over and the dog attacks this person, right? So you already inherently in your policy have some form of liability coverage, right? But let's say you wanted to get out a little bit cheaper and you only had $100,000 of liability coverage. Well, let's say, for example, this dog significantly damages this person who it has attacked, and they now have hospital stays and hospital bills, and they decide that they want to sue you. Well, what happens when your $100,000 doesn't cover that? And then what yeah. do you do? Then you're, you're I mean, there, I don't really know the best way to say it, but you're, that's not a good situation for you, right? So your umbrella coverage is going to go above and beyond any underlying policy coverages that you have. And that also goes for your auto insurance. So let's say you're found at fault for a very, very bad accident that either injures someone significantly or, God forbid, kills them or for just anything. Your umbrella policy is going to cover you for anything that you are found liable for. I think that everyone who is a homeowner or owns a vehicle needs to have some form of umbrella insurance just to cover themselves in the event that they can be held responsible for anything damaging. And, and what what kind of, I mean, are there different levels that uh, people should be buying, you know, a million dollars, a million, what does it matter? A million dollars is definitely the most common level of umbrella insurance coverage we get. And that's really in the grand scheme of things, not going to cost you that much. It's going to be maybe two to $300 a year. Okay. Yeah. That's it's pretty not expensive. Be that yeah. Now sticking with homeowners insurance, um, something I just recently found out. So uh, my, my son, um, he's a musician and for the summer school got out and for the summer he convinced his band director to let him bring home one of the instruments mm -hmm. um, so that he could use it at home well this is a very large eight foot long instrument right it's huge yes um, and so i had to get a u-haul to bring it from the school to my house and clear out a whole area just for him to use it and the reason I bring this story up is because the band director called me and said, hey, you know, I had no problem with with uh, your son barring that for the summer. But I just wanted to let you know um, those cost six thousand dollars. And if if it breaks, it's going to be on you. You're going to have to replace it. So um, naturally, I called my insurance company and I came to find out that most base policies, um, if if there's a possession in your house that's not yours and owned by a third party, they only cover up to about a thousand dollars. So have you come across anything like that? Because I was blown away. I was like, you're telling me if a tree falls on my house, you'll rebuild my house, but you're not going to pay for this $6,000 instrument. Mm -hmm. And they said, nope, we'll give you a thousand dollars and that's it. So, and that's a great question. I haven't personally seen that issue yet, knock on wood. Um, haven't personally seen that issue, but I think that goes back to insurable interest. So just like with life insurance, I can't get a life insurance policy out on van because I have no financial interest in van or in right. what van's doing, right? Same kind of thing. It's not your property. 
So you can't insure it, even if it's in your possession and you're using it, you can't insure it. And it's kind of the same reason why insurance companies will say, oh, someone broke into your house and stole $20,000 worth of cash. Okay, well, you can't prove to us that you had 20 grand in cash. So we'll give you $500. (laughs) You know, same, same kind of thing. Right, right. Well, all I can say is to anyone listening to this, if they're kid borrows an instrument um you better think twice before you you know because i didn't know it was a six thousand dollar piece of equipment until after it was already in my living room yeah <laughs> yep so what what other all right we've talked about um auto and homeowners and cybersecurity. is there anything else that people should be thinking about because you know we're talking about a, a significant part of people's budget, right? You know, when they're sitting down doing their budget and they're like, okay, the biggest thing is my mortgage or my rent. And then I've got to pay utilities. Well, insurance is right up there. You know, by the time you pay, you know, auto insurance. And like we said before, if you have a teenager, you know, that can jack up the price on your auto insurance. And then, you know, whatever your homeowners, if you have some rental properties, now all of a sudden you got, you know, and, and as Allison, you just said, everyone should have an umbrella policy, even though it may only be a couple hundred dollars. Um, you know, what other types of liability insurance, if any, do people need to worry about? So I think the bigger thing to consider is making sure that you're reviewing your limits of your policy and you understand what those are. Okay. So you want to make sure if you're working with somebody that they're not giving you very low limits of coverage and liability just to say, oh, hey, I was able to drop your insurance coverage by $1,000 a year. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because you're right. When you go to compare, all these insurance companies are slightly different and what coverage um, and, you know, if you're not looking at apples to apples, you're right. All of a sudden, oh, wow, this is cheaper and you buy it and then find out you don't you're not covered as much. Yeah. So personally, what we do is if Van, you send me a policy and you say, hey, I want to see if I can get cheaper coverage somewhere else. We look at what you currently have and we do not lower any of your current coverages to make your premiums better. We will only increase your coverage. So we start out looking at exactly what you have and match it apples to apples. And if we're able to give you more coverage while still lowering what you're paying, we will do that. But I have had it happen multiple times where we have said, hey, we've looked at every possible solution for this. There is no cheaper premium that I can get this person without lowering their coverages and we're not gonna do that. So tell them we can try again next year. But we're not going to lower your coverages for any reason just to get you any cheaper rate. So that's what I would look at. I would also consider who you're using for your insurance. So we are a brokerage. We work with 20 to 25 of the top carriers in the country. If you are working with a carrier who is a captive carrier, so that's the only insurance company they work with, I would consider going to someone who is able to look at a bunch of different companies to shop your rates with everyone. I'm glad you said that because you're right. So often I come across people and they're like, oh yeah, I've got an insurance agent and I come to find out their insurance agent is state with State Farm. And I explained to them that, you know, he can only sell you State Farm insurance, not I'm not disparaging State Farm. They're a great company. But, you know, how are you how is he able to compare if he can only quote you State Farm? So I I agree with you. That's a great point. Um, So, you know, if someone's watching this and says, hey, I I really need to do that, I'll put in the comments 
um, of, of the broadcast. Um, if it's all right with you, I'll put yep, in your absolutely. contact information. They can reach out to, you know, uh, I guess, can we disclose it's called Circle 285? Is that yes. okay? So you can reach out at, out to Allison at Circle285.com. We only need to know your current coverage information, and then we can go ahead and get started on a quote for you. I would also say, Van, if we have any um, higher net worth individuals listening, so you make a higher amount of money, you've got a really good credit score, and you live in a higher value home, there are insurance companies that only work with that specific genre of people, and your rates will be lower because they are excluding higher claim activity. Gotcha. So are we talking about, I mean, is there a threshold, like the house is worth a million or 2 million or 5 million? What's that threshold? So home value, we're looking at like a million dollars and we're looking at like a 750 or above credit score. Okay. Well, I tell you here in Atlanta, the million dollar home is almost commonplace these days. Oh yeah. So, well, we, we've actually gone 20 minutes now, and so I appreciate and thank you for coming on the show, and hopefully we can maybe get you back in, you know, uh, you know, once or twice a year to just give us an update on what's going on with, uh, with insurance. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you again for letting me join you today. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week with another Mind Over Money.